We are Columbus Community Hospital, dedicated to providing compassionate, accessible health care close to home. Here's another edition of our podcast series, Columbus Community Hospital HealthCasts. Over the years, millions of Americans have undergone joint replacement surgeries, which can help relieve issues with shoulders, knees, and hips. Here to talk with us about the ins and outs of total joint replacement is Dr. Richard Simple, board-certified orthopedic surgeon at Columbus Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic at Columbus Community Hospital. Dr. Simple, thank you for your time. So what is total joint replacement? Well, as orthopedic surgeons, you know, our goal is to help improve patients' pain, improve their joint function. And, and when one gets osteoarthritis, uh, for me at least, of the hip and knee, our, we are trying to uh, help them so they can get returned to their normal activities as much as possible. Obviously, joint re- total joint replacement is a procedure done for individuals who predominantly have osteoarthritis, but it also could be post-traumatic arthritis from previous injuries or rheumatoid arthritis or inflammatory arthritis, which can be disabling to them. So is osteoarthritis the most common issue that leads to joint replacement? Yes. You know, osteoarthritis is is predominantly a disease of aging. And, you know, it, it starts when individuals get about age 50 and then continues to, to increase thereafter. Um, and it can certainly be progressive and if it gets to the point where individuals are frustrated and they don't respond to conservative treatment modalities, then we would consider a, a surgical procedure for them. So what is the most common joint in need of replacement? Uh, I don't know the exact incident numbers, but by total knees are much more common. And I would say total hips are second. Uh, certainly that seems to be the, the pattern in the patients that I see. So the knees and hips constantly working, right? The years of just walking and standing and up and down, sitting up and down stairs, things like that, that would seem to make sense. So how have the joint replacement procedures changed over the years? I know there's been tremendous advancements. Well, I think that the way we're implanting uh, total joints and and doing the procedures technically is significantly more advanced. I personally use a, a computer-assisted model during surgery where we put trackers on the bone and then we have infrared beams going to a monitor. It tells us exactly where the our cuts should be, how to place the components with the trial components, make sure they're placed properly, and so you can balance the knee. We, we know that if you can get the center of the hip, the center of the knee, and the center of the ankle in alignment, you're going to have less chance of the of a knee, for example, wearing out on one side or the other, uh, if it's if it's truly balanced and straight, and if the ligaments are balanced. So, the the cutting blocks we're using, the computer assisted surgical navigation, the implants themselves, everything's much improved. I I think back 35 years when I started here in Columbus, uh, we would have a cutting block. We'd kind of hold it up against the bone. You take a saw and kind of make the cut. And you were hopeful that you had it pretty accurate and close. We did the best we could with what we had, but it's so much more accurate. We're also doing making smaller incisions. I think technique-wise, our anesthesia care providers are giving us better blocks to help control uh, pain issues. Um, and their therapy afterwards, uh, even before, is helping patients be more prepared and better optimized to undergo a procedure. 
So these advancements then, I would imagine they help the recovery process. So what is the recovery process like for someone who gets a new hip or knee? Well, patients are, are usually in the hospital about 48 hours. Um, procedures take about an hour to an hour and a half each, whether it's a total hip or a total knee. Uh, some are quicker, some are longer, but that's kind of an average. But normally, a patient comes in the hospital day one, you do the surgery. That afternoon, we have them up walking and taking a few steps. Um, and then usually they have a group therapy the next day, and then they, we usually get them out the second day, so two nights in the hospital. Um, they may use a walker or crutches when they go home. Um, 30 years ago, we would put patients at bed rest, wouldn't move them for a week. Um, and now we mobilize them right away and get them active and get them returning. Studies have shown if you can get patients back home sooner in their own environment, their own bed, where they feel most comfortable, even though they have pain issues which we can control, it, there are less chance of complications than someone staying in the hospital for longer periods of time. That is amazing. An hour and a half to replace a knee, and you have them up on that knee later that afternoon. That's amazing. It is. You know, and some of our patients, they talk about doing joint replacements as an outpatient procedure. You know, it, it's still a big operation. Um, and I think staying overnight at least one night is, is important. And some of our patients do go home the following morning, but usually it's two days. And, and we do get them up as soon as their, their blocks are wearing off and we feel they're awake from the anesthetic. We want to get them up and moving. Wow. So because of these advancements and people are leading more active lifestyles later in life, has the number of people in need of joint replacement increased? Well, yes. I mean, I think if you, if you look at what the, the baby boomer population is, is here, and there's certainly an increased um, number of patients and in that age group that are over 50 and are coming to a point where they're um, going to re require knee replacement surgery if, or, or hip replacement if they if, if they're require it. And Dr. Simple, what would you tell someone who may be considering total joint replacement surgery? Well, I, I think you know, we need to always be sure that they've uh, been treated conservatively and they've tried all the options for treatment of osteoarthritis first and make but like the anti-inflammatories, cortisone injections, modification of activities, maybe some therapy, bracing. But if they get to that point where they're really frustrated and if they find, you know, their activities of daily living to the point you know, are really affected, you know, they they can't keep up with the grandkids or their family. They want to travel more, but their their knee or hip hurts them. They shouldn't have to suffer. They're, they... Um, Joint replacement surgery is successful. I think it's one of the more gratifying procedures as orthopedic surgeons that we do. Um, you know, as I, I think I said from the start, our goal is really to help patients, you know, reduce their pain, to improve their joint function, and allow them to engage in as normal of activities as, as, as they possibly can. Um, but when usually if the you know, surgery is considered, when their osteoarthritis is severe enough to interfere with their activities of daily living. Um, you know, prior to surgery, we obviously always do a thorough medical history, x-ray assessment, and, and, and focus on the patient to make sure that patients are optimized to undergo a procedure. But I think if they're frustrated, 
then a replacement procedure certainly can bring quality, improve quality of life to them. And last question, Dr. Simple, for someone who may be thinking, gosh, this is really for me, who is a good candidate then for total joint replacement surgery? But again, we mentioned optimization of care. I mean, obviously, if patients have significant cardiac history, diabetic history, um, you know, if they're smokers, uh, lung problems, you have to balance, you know, the risks and the benefits. And if there are significant comorbidities or medical issues that would make them at a higher risk, then we want to have them involved with their, you know, their primary care physicians, and if necessary, the cardiologists or pulmonologists to, to look at the whole picture to make sure that they're, they're a suitable candidate to undergo a procedure. You know, it, it, it still is a big procedure. Uh, we, we, we try to make smaller incisions. We try to do things in a more standardized fashion. But, you know, minor surgery is something they do on somebody else, and it's on me or you or our patients. We consider it a major operation. So... We want to make sure the patients are optimally, optimally you know, suitable to undergo a procedure. Absolutely. Well, Dr. Simple, thank you so much for your time today. For more information about total joint replacement, head over to columbushosp.org. That's columbushosp.org. This is Columbus Community Hospital HealthCasts from Columbus Community Hospital. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.